This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. What is up, Raider Nation? It's your boy. I'm back. And uh, I know we, we took a little break. We had to do a little rebranding. We had uh, some stuff dropping. We had a uh, some teams that are fighting for the national, for the world championship. And uh, you know what, Cody? I, I got I to gotta stop everything right now and just <sighs> got to give a moment of silence to uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna Bryant. They... Uh, Passed away tragically today in a uh, helicopter crash outside of Calabasas on their way to the Mamba Academy. Uh, there were a total of nine pe- nine passengers in the helicopter uh, that unfortunately none of them made it. Some of the names have yet to be announced, um, but let's let's say a prayer for obviously the Bryant family, uh, the families involved, you know, all the fans of the Lake Show, Raider Nation. Really, all all over the world. I think Kobe, you know, he touched everybody's life, whether you were a Laker fan or not. Um, you know his his tenacity, his passion for the game, um, the approach that he took to it, the way he treated the people around him, uh, the, the father that he was. Uh, you know, anything you want to add, Kobe? Kobe wasn't really. I mean, basketball wasn't really my thing. You know what I mean? I've never really quite been. A huge basketball fan my entire life but uh whenever i was a young buck you know i'm six seven eight years old i'm figuring out sports i'm watching them with my dad kobe bryant was a go-to man and uh i i grew up a, a raider laker dodger fan kenny i know you grew up a, a golden state warrior fan but um for me being a laker fan kobe was i mean that was it dude that was our world right there and kobe not only you know i was a fan of kobe and the lakers and should i start should i say his lakers before I was even this big of a Raider fan, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've always been a Raiders fan, but Kobe really just kind of got me into sports. And I think that's, he's kind of been the one that's opened up the book, not even just for sports, but even for individual players, because so many people love Kobe for Kobe and, and for, you know, what he stood for, for you being a, a warrior fan. Of course, you guys probably hated whenever you played him. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it was never like anything more than that. It was just one of those things like you hated him because he, he's one of those players you hated because he wasn't on your team. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, Kobe opened up a door for uh, not just NBA players, but NFL players too. kind of a player empowerment type thing. You know what I mean? Kind of kind of made him bigger than the team in a way. Gave him gave him more of a voice, gave him their own image. 
Um, and a lot of players have taken that, ran with that. Uh, he's created a lot of opportunities, and uh, it's unfortunate because I you know, have all these memories of him playing basketball. But what frustrates me the most is I felt like he was, you know, was just he's in such a position right now to make such an impact with his own family and the world for this matter. I mean, he, he did so many things for uh, the community. Uh, I mean, you can't even just say the community. Uh, how, how do you what, what's a what's a word for the, the world's community? You know what I mean? I mean, he was everywhere, yeah. all the different countries, all the different languages that he knew, all the different people that he reached out to, all the different sports, um, soccer, baseball, football, everything he was into. You seen him around the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you saw, saw him around the Dodgers. You, I mean, you saw him around all these professional soccer teams. Uh, you saw him around the, the United States women's national soccer team. Uh, he was involved in everything to do with a sport, everything to do with an athlete. Um, so yeah, today's uh, today was rough for me, man. Today was, I, and I think I'm speaking for a lot of people because this was uh, this one hit home. This is you know yeah. way out of left field, and uh, man, prayers prayers to Vanessa and, and the rest of his daughters, man. It's uh, it's crazy. It is, you know, and I think the the thing is, you know, you you, t- you hit the nail on the head. You know, he was a legend globally it wasn't just in la it wasn't just in philadelphia it wasn't just in italy it was he was global he touched so many people he he affected so many people's lives the impact that he had is going to last you know for centuries to come i mean what he did for the game of basketball is one thing but what he did as a philanthropist as a person as a father as a human being that goes further than than anything and i i i hope that everybody remembers that and you know obviously i saw some people on twitter today bashing you know bringing up some old stuff and this isn't the time for that Mm -hmm. um you know this is a time to remember somebody to honor somebody who has passed and to respect the family that that has lost a husband a father a brother a son a friend um so you know my prayers go out to to the Bryant family, to the Laker family, um, everybody involved. Yeah, exactly. I can thank him for all the memories, everything he did for basketball. But of course, the frustrating and heartbreaking part is is stuff that's bigger than basketball, and that's of course what hits home with us mainly on this podcast. Um, Kenny Key, I'm glad we could talk. You know, this isn't something where I always want to talk about things outside of Raiders football. We do a pretty dang good job on yeah. this show, only talking about Raiders football, but. Um, like you know, we've mentioned this. This is something that affects the entire sports community, not just not just basketball. So, um, but moving forward, talking a little bit about these Raiders, Kenny King. We had we had a lot of stuff happen since the last time we talked, man. Man, it's you know it's been a minute. We've got some Raiders stuff to talk about. So let's switch gears and uh, and get into some of this Raiders football talk. Kenny King, real talk. Uh, first and foremost, we we had a change on the defensive staff, and obviously it came to a shock. It came as a shock to a lot of people. Uh, fan favorite, HBO Hard Knocks favorite, Brenton Buckner uh, was let go. Uh, the Raiders brought in Rod Marinelli, who was the defensive line coach with the Cowboys last season. His contract was up. John Gruden jumped on an opportunity to bring back a player, a coach from his former staff in Tampa Bay. Uh, Marinelli's a decorated coach. He's a hell of a coach. Uh, it, it sucks to see a guy like Buckner go because you see the the production uh, that the, that the defensive line has had. Uh, you see that you know he was a he was definitely a players coach. He was a guy that the the players loved. The young players, Farrell, Crosby, uh, even Hankins, uh, Hurst, all these guys really looked up to him. 
Uh, he got their motors going. He got them. He got them going. And I think most notably, the, the my favorite Brenton Buckner moment was on Hard Knocks when he's going. He, they're sitting in a meeting. And he's going off on everybody. And you know exactly <laughs> who he's talking to. Because there's one guy sitting in the classroom, chewing on his pen cap, not looking at him, not looking at anybody, rolling his eyes. And Buckner's talking about, I don't dislike you. I dislike your football. Some of your football sucks. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that guy's not on the team anymore. And I'm not going to bash anybody. But, yeah, yeah. you know, but the way that he said it, it was, it was kind of like what you say to your kid, right? Like, I don't dislike you, but you're being a jerk right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I liked him, man. He was, uh, and just besides, a lot of people I've seen the topic get brought up. The only reason we like him is because he was on Hard Knocks. And it's like, no, man, you just got to go off the production that's on the field because I would say, at least for sure on the defense, um, I can't really, it's hard to compare him to the offense, but I think on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive line was, you know, the most improved unit from last year to this year um of course i mean all we had was room for improvement i mean really 13 sacks uh but i think he did a good job of driving that home to his young guys getting them fired up going from what 13 to 32 or 30 something 35 i forget what the final number was but um not not the best number you know it's not like they were a top 10 sack unit or anything like that but they're up in the ranks a little bit you know what i mean so uh you can't really complain it's improvement uh, the the personnel wasn't something that was a drastic jump itself. Uh, so for him to take a 13 sack unit and over double it. I remember, um, Kenny, I think we did a lot of hot takes right before the season. You remember? And I said, uh, our defensive line, or should I say our defense would triple their sacks, uh, go from like 13 to 40. Uh, we were close. Um, so for we them to close. get that close to a hot take like that, um, hats off to Brinson Buckner, but I think you'd agree with me on this. Uh, we're not against the hiring of Rod Marinelli no. whatsoever, but it's just, you know, I kind of wish that wasn't the guy. Now, in the same breath, I've kind of already hit on this a little bit before. I haven't gone in depth. Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on it too, Kenny, but I just feel like this kind of more puts pressure on our current defensive coordinator, which a lot of Raider Nation is, you know, kind of already sick and tired of, which we're sick and tired of a lot of people. I was sick and tired of Tom Cable last year, but he stuck around and, and, and changed. But we're sick and tired of Paul Gunther. So I think that if this is something that's a mutual feeling between the actual coaching staff with John Gruden, then maybe this is either a hot seat for Paul Gunther, or in my opinion, I think this could just be a plan to maybe be a smoother transition into what could be our next defensive coordinator. You know, let him get his feet wet with the system that we're running now, get a feel for the guys up front now. And if things go south, uh, Rod Marinelli should have, you know, a 50-50 transition instead of just jumping in head first, trying to teach the entire defense how to run something completely different. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But what are your thoughts on uh, what Marinelli means to Paul Gunther's job? Yeah, I think that it means a couple things. I think that one, it is definitely a contingency plan. Um, I also look at it like this, you know, back when Jack Del Rio was here and when Ken Norton Jr. was failing, we brought in John Pagano as an assistant defensive coordinator. Um, and obviously Ken Norton Jr. was let go. John Pagano took over. Defense improved drastically. Um, I think this is kind of, it's twofold, right? I think it's to put a little bit of heat on, on Gunther. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the defense is, defense hasn't performed uh, to the liking of what us as fans would like to see, but also what you know 
probably John Gruden and Mike Mayock would like to see. Yeah. You know, you know, the defensive production hasn't been the best. It's gotten better, but it's still not where it needs to be. Uh, especially when you're looking at some of the teams, you know, that are that are having success. You know, you look at the, the Chiefs, even they they turn their defense around and that's one of the reasons why you know, why they're in the Super Bowl. And you look at the Niners, they have one of the best defenses in the league. And, um, you know, the, the Patriots, the the Ravens, the Titans, we can go down the list of the teams that were in the playoffs this year and, and the defenses that they had. Uh, but I think it's twofold. Yeah. I think one, no. Marinelli's going to bring uh, a veteran leadership to that defense. He's, he's done it before. He's won. Uh, I think that he's going to be able to be an extra set of eyes out there for Gunther. But I also think that he's also going to be a little bit of a heater on that seat that Gunther is sitting on. And it's kind of like, Hey, you can't get this done. I got a guy right here that can. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, but you know, it just all comes down to how the season starts out. And we've already had Mike Mayock come out in reports and say, you know, I mean, he was pretty straightforward and said, you know, we really lacked the personnel on defense. So, yeah. you know, maybe this is just another one of those things. Of course, you know, fans are seem to be frustrated with Derek Carr and seem to be frustrated with the defense. So Mike Mayock seems to be on the page of we need to get them some help. You know, maybe we need to give Paul Gunther uh, some more personnel. Maybe we need to give Derek Carr some more weapons. So at this point, I think the team understands that the groundwork is laid. Uh, we have some key pieces uh, now it's just a matter of you know finishing them off. You know, give them give give uh, give Paul Gunther, give Derek Carr in this offense, give them all the tools that they need. And I think you know we're we're geared up enough for this offseason uh, to make that kind of stuff happen. But outside of current football, Kenny King, what else has been going on since uh, the season ended? Kenny King, real talk. Outside of current football, what else has been going on since the season ended? Let's see. Um, we had our. Our team's owner went to the Conor McGregor and uh, Cowboys throwing fight. And uh, he shook hands and had a brief conversation with this guy. Uh, and apparently now Tom Brady is going to be a Raider. That's that's the rumor that I'm hearing. <laughs> I like that. I say uh, outside of current football and you, and you bring up Tom Brady because he's a thing of the past or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, the guy's old enough to be my big brother and i'm i'm old as dirt so you were old as dirt man (laughs) man i'm losing it here but seriously i i I don't know whether i'm with the majority of fans here or not but tom brady being the answer after all freaking season look i get it um you can call me a Derek carr apologist whatever all the names are Derek carr stan i don't really care what the heck you know kardashian kardashian whatever you want to call me but I understand still, you know, maybe some things he needs to work on. And he knows he's not a perfect quarterback. But I think, you know, in a good world on a good team, he's going to finally prove to everybody that he is a top 10 quarterback. And I think he played well enough. But what we're missing is the wins. But, right. you know, things that I think Derek needs to work on a little bit are far greater than the problems Tom Brady had this year. And... Tom Brady can't fix him because he's old at this point. Derek right. Carr, I mean, he's he's starting to extend plays a lot more. You know, I feel like that there was a weird transition whenever John Gruden came in. The style of play really changed, but I feel like he's finally starting to open it up and find, you know, kind of the loose ends of the offense where he can make things work. He's finding his comfort zones in the offense. Now let's bring in Tom Brady here, where yeah. we have no loose ends, we have no ability, and 
all the people that were complaining about not not extending plays, not picking up more yards with his legs, you know, stuff like that. Tom Brady rushed or uh, scrambled the ball three times this season. Three freaking times. How do you even account for that? He had he had nothing going for him. Three, I think it was three uh, scrambles for like 33 yards. Derek Carr at least you know scrambled what like a dozen times, 13 times. Had a couple rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Like, but how are you going to go from complaining so crazy about one thing to saying, "Let me get Tom Brady, the guy that can't run anymore." And you know, it's not like this is the thing is people's old up. That's how Tom Brady is. He's a pocket passer. Well, so is Derek Carr. And Derek Carr right now is kind of in the same realm as a younger Tom Brady. You know, you'd scramble the ball 10 to 20 times a season, just like Tom Brady always did. But there is a steep fall off where you'd see Tom Brady scrambling the ball double digit times every single season. And then this year, all of a sudden he's ran it three times and you see his, and we're talking about what, what was the the storyline at the beginning of the season? YPA yards per attempt, right? Right. And by the end of the year, Derek was top 10 in yards per attempt. When Tom, Tom Brady, Brady, like bottom 10, he's under like a yard lower per attempt. So it's like, why are we, you know, we're, we're then we start putting stats next so to wait, each other. Tom Brady's Dinkin and Duncan. Tom, Tom Brady is literally the king of Dinkin and Duncan this year, right next to Aaron Rodgers. Car stands, take about, note. We, we, we talk about throwing the ball away. Tom Brady threw the ball away more than Derek Carr this year. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball away more than both of them did this year. So it's like, where are we going to learn? Like, pick and choose your battles. I feel like the three excuses that we're using for Derek Carr the most, we're just going to get worse out of Tom Brady. But the difference is with Tom Brady, we're going to overpay the dude to come here and play, what, one or two years to sell some seats? And now here's the last point, Kenny. I I know there's a lot of things you want to hit on, too, and I hope I'm not covering everything because this topic gets me heated, Um, is... People want to sign Tom Brady and then bring in a younger quarterback behind Tom Brady <laughs> to learn behind him. So why would someone think that Tom Brady is going to come in here and know more about this offense than Derek Carr and how John Gruden wants that offense ran? Right. I don't know. I mean, I, I got one other thing, too. I, I could probably hit on later. But Kenny King, what are your thoughts on on? Uh, gosh, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm, we're talking about this. Tom Brady to the Raiders. Yeah, I. <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I, I hate Tom Brady. Um, and not only because of the tuck rule, but because of everything else that they came after it, the scandals, the, the outright arrogance, the Botoxed face that he has, where he can't <laughs> even speak with moving his lips when he's in an interview. Like he seriously looks like he's a max headroom. And my our older listeners will get that, but you know, for the for the younger listeners, he looks like freaking Johnny Bravo. Who Dude, ha- has he had Botox? Actually, like now that you got me thinking about like him, I wouldn't talking. put it past him. It kind of seems like he does. Now that you're I mean, dude, about it. if you looked at his face, it doesn't move. Like that awkward smile on everything that he says, and when he talks, his 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 lip, it's just his upper lip that moves. Dude, Tom Brady has Botox. You guys want a Botox quarterback? Playing the silver and black, give me a break. Seriously, I mean, hey, I'd take Derek Carr and his eyeliner over Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> at least the at least the eyeliner's natural. You know what I mean? It's not it right. Exactly. Added. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, here's the thing: a lot of fans want to replace Derek Carr because of whatever it is. That's okay. We'll get into that. Replacing him with a 42 year old quarterback, Tom Brady. That's not it. 
then drafting a quarterback. So you're going to spend a ton of money to bring in Tom Brady. You're going to dra- use our draft capital to draft another quarterback, have Tom Brady mentor that quarterback. When we already know that Tom Brady doesn't do a good job of mentoring quarterbacks because he forced Jimmy Garoppolo out of New England because they knew that they, they were going to make him the starter. So let's think about this. And now this is a hypothetical speak, speaking. I don't want to get rid of Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr. I think that he's doing great things with this offense. But if the team was to move on from Derek Carr, what they would do is they would draft a quarterback and have Carr mentor him. Yeah, they're, just for a year not, or two. Let him compete. Right. They're not going to bring in some old dude to learn John's playbook, which obviously it took, you know, it takes quarterbacks a long time to master it took rich gannon two years it took Derek carr two years uh chris sims is still trying to figure it out (laughs) 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 i tried i tried so hard to not laugh i i i I was like man he's on his roll i ain't gonna mess it up (sighs) to this day to this day to this day chris sims is still trying to learn john gruden's offense (laughs) But, you know, I mean, that's what we're looking at. So I'm going to get off my soapbox here because <laughs> obviously, look, Carr's our quarterback in 2020. He he staked his claim in Vegas. There's, you know, Mike Mayock said we're going to look for, you know, we'll evaluate every position. And, you know, if there's better talent out there, then we're, we're going to, you know, go after it. There's nobody better out there right now. You know, exactly. unless we're going to move up every single one of our picks and take a prospect in Joe Burrow, who may be better, there's nobody better out there. Yeah. I'm not going to bring in a free agent because guess what? That price tag is going to be higher. I'm not going to bring in Tom Brady because he's he old sucks. as balls. He just sucks, dude. I'm just going to end it with that. And Tom Brady just sucks. <laughs> I don't like, think he's... He, look, he doesn't like suck. He, I mean, obviously, right the guy... Now, Right the guy now, won six, he won no, six no, okay. Super Bowls. He before, cheated, but <laughs> before, no, his history, he didn't suck. Right this year, he sucks. Yeah. That's all I have to say. I just he's he's just not a good quarterback right now, and, and that's not saying like everyone, he won all those games. Uh, it, I, and I'm not mocking you for saying he won all those Super Bowls, but that's what everyone's gonna say. Right is well, you know, he won six Super Bowls, and it's like yeah, he did. And, and in the past, he's gonna be 43 freaking years old. And this last year, there's just no other way of saying Tom Brady just sucked. Hey, you know and who I, else? Uh, you know who beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Eli Manning. Yeah, Eli Manning. We should get uh, him in free agency. We should in in the retired free agency. <laughs> yeah, just pull him out of retirement. <laughs> That's the thing, though, man. And this is probably the last time, Kenny King, that I think we're ever going to talk about Derek Carr because I, I, I get that's the hot conversation. There's a lot of stuff going on on Twitter. Everyone's creating their own narratives. But the fact remains that the Raiders aren't moving on from Derek Carr, especially this year. Nope. So, going into 2020, Derek Carr's going to be our starting quarterback, and there's no reason to waste my breath on it. We're just going to wait and see what happens. So, you can just tell your boy Raider Lifer to call in. Uh, oh, wait, man. No, you don't, you don't want to pay him $1,000 for that. Oh, no, man. He's, he's, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, meet his booking fees. We're a little shorthanded here on the podcast. Yeah, we, uh, we've, we've paid all our other guests so much money to come on. <laughs> I love it. Kitty King, man. Um, what else is on the agenda, man? What else has been going down? Well, so I, I, I touched on, I touched on this in the beginning of the, 
at the beginning of the show, uh, we've got the Chiefs and the Niners in oh. the nightmare of a Super Bowl. And we have Raider Nation that's divided mm. amongst it. You've got some of Raider Nation that are like, I grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, I will always be a Niner hater. I have to go for the Chiefs. Uh, you got some of Raider Nation's like, screw the Chiefs. We don't want to see them win ever. I would rather see the Niners win. Um, you know, you look at it from, you know, from a position of the division. You know, people think that it makes the division look stronger by having more Super Bowls. Um, I look at it like this. You know, I grew up, grew up in the Bay. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that are Niner fans. I got a lot of friends that are bandwagon Niner fans and they're annoying as hell. Uh, I've got a few friends that are Chiefs fans. I went to school in Kansas for a little bit. And um, screw those friends. They're annoying as hell, too. And I can tell you right now that I would much rather go through the 2020 season at Allegiant Stadium without seeing a single Chiefs fan talking about we won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. We don't play the Niners next year. That's a heck of a point, Kenny King. We don't play the Niners. So guess what? If you get into a little scuffle with somebody at work or if you get into an argument with somebody on the streets and you can't back it up, that's your problem. I, You know, you that was a dang good point you just made right now because, I mean, I was kind of already leaning lean in that direction anyways. I mean, I don't really care. Um, I'm going to be cheering for the commercials and cheering for my Super Bowl squares personally. But right. um, I don't really... You know, I mean, the 49ers would probably be the last team that I pick to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, but the Chiefs would probably be the last team in the NFL I pick to win the Super Bowl. And with you saying that, the last thing I want to see is a 2019 Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs flag at Allegiant Stadium. So, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think you, you you drove a home. I'm not I'm not cheering. I'm not cheering for the 49ers, but. Let me tell you this. Think of how annoying it will be when we go to the draft in April and you got Chiefs Kingdom out there waving that flag. Nah. Can't do it. I might hit him and his cousin. His wife. And his uncle, dunkle dad. (laughs) His brother, his brother cousin. His uncle, dunkle dad. Does that work as a a name? Uncle dunkle. Whatever it is. You know, their, their three-person family reunion, whatever whatever is going on out there at Legion Stadium. Um, I, I can't put up with that. I, can, I just can't deal with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, flat no. out. Um, and there's just no other way around it. And that's kind of why we're in this bind. It, it wouldn't be – there, there's no easy choice. There should be no reason someone says, yeah, man, I really want the 49ers to win. Or, yeah, man, I really want the Kansas City Chiefs to win. It's just you have to lean one way or the other. Uh, just kind of pick the lesser of two evils. And for me, I just don't want the Kansas City Chiefs to have a Super Bowl victory because, you know, they've they've been pretty dominant the last few years. And Super Bowls are the one thing that we still got. So let's, you know, right. let's hold on to that for them. You so. know, that, was, that was the thing that we had over the Broncos up until, you know, a few years ago. And, you know, we still hold that over the Chiefs' head. We still, we still will hold that over the Chargers' head for the next million years. Um, but, but you know, I just I don't want to see the Chiefs win. I don't want to see, I don't want to see mustard and ketchup storming down Vegas, looking like 
the hills have eyes talking about we just won the super bowl i don't i don't, mm. don't want to hear the bumpkins <laughs> don't want to hear it i don't i don't want to hear definitely it the last thing we need yeah if i see a dude uh in cut off jeans running down the street with a red chief's flag i'm about to lose my mind so we gotta we got we gotta we gotta pull that one back a little bit we need uh like I said, I'm not going to say we need the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, but we need the Chiefs to lose the Super Bowl. I need yeah. the commercials to be great. I need my squares to hit. So that's that's what I'm cheering for this Sunday. That's absolutely right. And uh, shout out AFC. They won the Pro Bowl today. So uh, hey, shout out, shout out Lamar Jackson and Calais Campbell for winning the offensive and defensive rookie of the game or offensive defensive player of the game. Uh, it was a it was a crazy game. It was funny. It was funny to watch the game because. You know, you see Derrick Henry start to take off on some of these runs and they wrap him up and they blow the whistle. And I really <laughs> wanted to see Derrick Henry run some people over. <laughs> it was a little, uh, Pro Bowl is definitely not what it used to be. It's definitely not the the, the Sean Taylor days. Oh, um, man. Yeah, they were talking about that today where Sean Taylor just laid dude out and it was. Yeah, it was a punter. <laughs> yeah, it was a punter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even take that kind of hit, but he still just blew him up. But who was the, uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of the Pro Bowl. Who was the other quarterback in the AFC? It was Lamar Jackson and. It was Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Ryan Tannehill. Ooh. It's a pretty good little lineup there. Good little lineup. Yeah, solid lineup. I mean, Jackson played well. Uh, Tannehill was okay. And and obviously, Deshaun Watson's a monster. Uh, it was, I mean, I knew going in that the AFC was going to win. We just, we had way more talent. And uh, you look at the NFC and, and who they had out there, and it, it was it was a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kenny King, um a little under the weather, as you know. I've been feeling a little better lately, but starting to catch up to me. Wrapping up this real talk, man, with uh, with Raider Coldy. What <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have any last topics that we want to hit on this week, man? Real talk. You know, I think that we're good on this week. I think that you know we're going to be looking forward. Obviously, we have the Super Bowl that's coming up this Sunday. Um, you know, once again, everybody. So as we wrap this thing up and we go into looking at next week and we look at the Super Bowl matchup, you know, just want to leave this with, leave you guys with this, you know, hug your loved ones, hold them tight, make sure you tell everybody you love them, and uh, go Raiders. Real talk. Talk.